You're listening to WSQF Blink Radio. Today I have with me a tremendous honor, Congressman Lauren Bobart. And you are from Colorado, where you, uh, you swing firearms and defend liberty and fight for it all. And it's a wonderful pleasure here on the Concrete Conservative Blink Radio. Welcome. It's so great to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me in warm, humid Florida. It's so much better than uh, Colorado right now. Well, today it's kind of breezy. You know what? It is warm to me. It's like like summer Colorado. (laughs) Yes, I hear this is like your winter. Uh, but no, it is. It's been lovely. Uh, everyone here has just been tremendous and great, gracious. I was actually born in Orlando, and so I also I have, got a little bit of us I, already. Yes, I have a special place in my heart for Florida. I moved to Colorado when I was four years old, and I still have a lot of family in uh, in Orlando. So we're we're not this far south. Obviously. So that what brought you to Florida, or? I heard you were at a special place. I was at a special place. It's the new Magic Kingdom. Yes. <laughs> called Mar Olago. That's right. And uh, we've got a, a we've got a voyage here. We're the we're the new GOP. Mm-hmm. We're the reinvented GOP. And it's time to primary all these rhinos right out of existence. That's and what I did. Yeah. I took out a five-term incumbent in Colorado, and it was the first time in 48 years that an incumbent had been defeated in a primary in Colorado. I've never ran for p- political office. I-, I just got frustrated. I'm not yeah, a politician. You became, you, became, you became a Republican around 2007 or so. Well, yeah, I guess that's about right. Um, to, yeah, that's probably Give when I registered. Uh, I, I moved out of my mom's house, who was a Democrat, in 2004. And I moved out at 17. And, and you stopped drinking working. the water. You stopped drinking the Kool-Aid. That's right. You know, my mom, she just believed the lies. She believed the lies of those failed policies. And she, she thought that was the best way to raise her children. That's all she had ever been told. If you try to go and, and make something of yourself, you will fail. And uh, so she just believed that. And it was a cycle of poverty. Yeah, kind of like, we a, like there's like a fix in the system that Democrats seem to believe mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with wealth really it has to do with belief you know they believe that the the capitalist system doesn't really work for them when i done my studies and the democrats are far wealthier than republicans almost yes. three to one mm-hmm. and when you think of independents who are ex-democrats because the independent party's like three to one in registration you really realize that if it wasn't for donald trump we would really have a hard sell selling as the people's party the middle class party the workers yes. party and Trump brought those people into the political arena for the first time, mm-hmm. and you're kind of you and I. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, I've been into politics my whole life. I mean, I'm uh, you know my parents escaped communism, so they kind of raised me anti anti communist. You know, I see from you know far away. I'm like uh, you know the Maximo Alvarez who spoke at the convention. Those are my parents. My father, my mom, and dad are older than Maximo, but because he was able to be educated in the United States, uh, he's a graduate of F, uh, FSU. My parents are real, you know, exiles, refugees, you know, 1960, 61. So I'm just so happy to see people like you, uh, you know, sounding the alarm that we were failed at sounding. We've been sounding this alarm that communism wasn't too far away. We could see it in the rearview mirror since, man, since the late 60s. By the missile crisis, I wasn't born. I was born in 64. But, you know, it was loud enough. But no. And then we always, as Cuban-Americans... And I'm an American Cuban. I make it very clear on the Concrete Conservative here on WSQF Blink Radio that American Cubans are born here, right? So we're closer to Orlando than to Havana. Right. So we sound a different kind of an alarm. And I'm not really for, you know, I might have 
dreamed of a free Cuba one day, you know, this and that. But now that I'm 56, I just want uh, the United States to finally embrace the, the, the island nation who was very involved as a Spanish colony in the Battle of Yorktown and funding it. People don't know that about, about mm-hmm. the relationship between Cuba and the United States. The Cuban people, under colonial rule, literally closed off the Mississippi River under a guy named Bernardo Galvez, who sits in front of the spy entrance of the Department of State in a statue there. Mm-hmm. So it's a recognized thing between Spain and the United States. Top, topsy-turvy relationship. And I want America to understand that the relationship was always symbiotic between the Cuban people and the, and the American people. But that's as Cubanesque as I get, because right. I was born here in the States. Yes. So when you come in and uh, I, I saw something on Instagram recently where you were uh, dealing with your natural uh, uh, natural resource committee and you're speaking to the that chairman. That was so much fun. That was, you were perfect, man. Absolutely. It's very hard to, to pronounce his name. Gra, Grava. Say it again, the chairman. Grahalva. How, how do you pronounce it? Grahalva. Grahalva. Yeah. From Arizona. Me- from Arizona, Mexican-American. Chairman of the uh, House Committee on Natural Resources. Has no business being a chairman. And a, trying to limit you uh, and your ability, your Second Amendment right. That's right. Uh, and well, and not only that, I mean, he's 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 limiting our, our land use. He's limiting our resources. Uh, the, the Natural Resources Committee is, is just a big land grab. Uh, I, I'm so excited to serve on that committee because there are two... Democrats from the Colorado delegation who also serve on that committee. And I am tired of them reaching into my district and shutting off our land, closing down our rivers, and uh, making all these excuses for us to not be able to utilize the the resources that are right there available to us. Uh, It it destroys our energy industry. It destroys our economy, the small businesses. Everyone's impacted And you also sell, you as a state, sell Mm -hmm. water to California and to the other states, neighboring states that are there's, suffering there's drought. A, there's an allotment there, and uh, you know we we need we need our water too. Uh, other states are definitely getting more than their share, and yeah. so I, I want to be on the front lines of these conversations to preserve our water, uh, to preserve our resources, and and. Energy independence is really important to me. Uh, of course, under this new administration, that certainly is threatened and uh, pretty much gone. I, I just can't even imagine what what's to come. I mean, we've seen what's happened at the stroke of a pen, and uh, I want to pursue energy dominance. That's what we need to be doing here in America. Uh, but in that Natural Resource Committee, that was my very first committee, and so. Speaking of taking out a five-term incumbent, you know that was a that was a Republican primary. So I, I heard from Republicans how how I wasn't qualified, how I wasn't educated, and I was going to be a freshman who was not effective. I wouldn't have a voice. I wouldn't have a place. And now here I am taking on the chairman of a of a committee and having him withdraw his entire statement because he doesn't understand the rules. And uh, so it's it's and he's certainly... also very entrenched. And if he's a cheater of those rules, he'll keep on cheating from. He, he doesn't know them. He had to bring in a parliamentarian. So I think that's something, too, that wasn't broadcast too much. But it was it was amazing uh, to, to have the chairman uh, withdraw his entire statement. But he had to have a parliamentarian come in and explain that I was right. And, and he needed to withdraw his statement. He was actually unmuted for a period of time. And I heard him say, so what are you saying? She's right? And somebody said, chairman, you're unmuted. You better... Oh, it's a hot mic moment. It's a hot mic moment. It's a hot item in the news yes, these days yes. with the school board members. Yes. Mic, mic. 
But oh. then with, with, you know, he tried to take our Second Amendment right away, right there in the committee room and saying that we are not allowed to uh, to bring firearms into the committee room. It's absolutely legal for me to carry in the Capitol complex. And uh, they wanted to make a rule there to say we can't have guns in the committee and room. And you made that point. What's next? If you take away yes. that right and it's in the Constitution, yeah. what else are you planning? We, we already see them censoring our speech, our, our freedom of religion. They're, they're closing our churches, but we have strip clubs open. Not in Florida. Y'all are doing great. You have a great governor. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're already seeing this. And I said, well, why stop there? Why, why don't we just start quartering soldiers in the House Resources Committee room? Uh, there's plenty in the in the in basement, the, in, the, in the parking garage <laughs> parking there. Garage, yes, right? yes. Uh, yes. And or, or how about we unreasonably seize and search members of Congress like we're doing on the House floor? And what about the 19th Amendment? Am I going to come into this committee room one day and as a woman not have the right to vote? They're yeah. not going to stop with our Second Amendment. Yeah, it's, it's always a slippery sl- slope with them. So when you when you said uh, the you know loving the Constitution is not being able to change it, you meant the body of the Constitution, not the amendments, right? Because Twitter, right. the Twitter followers <laughs> came went ape over. They're so ridiculous. Of course, we could have amendments, but you you can't just you just can't go in there and and just change it. So yes, we have we have the Constitution and and the body of it. And yes, you want you want to make a difference, get an amendment on there and go through the right process. But we we just have our rights being stripped from us on a regular basis and just piling on laws to limit our rights in in the United States. And I'm I'm tired of it. I'm tired of them cherry picking parts of the Constitution that they like and like and they don't like. Now, are you a proponent for what Ted Cruz is trying to push with term limits? Or Of course, of course. Uh, so I, I'm not for personal pledges of term limits because then it's only the good guys that are term limited. Uh, and, but I have I, a really good idea for that. that, that? You, all, you all should consider. I wrote a book about reinventing the United States. And one day it's going to be very popular. Mm-hmm. Might maybe have to pass away for it to be like Ayn Rand's popularity. But I believe in... A punch in and punch out amendment instead of a term limit where you have to qualify re-election by attendance record. Mm. And then you'll kind of term yourself out because you'll get tired of sitting inside the chambers. Because mm. I think most Americans are pretty much done with looking at C-SPAN and seeing the empty seats in there. Yeah, And it's really like a government by proxy where you guys just go down the elevator to vote. But then you're dependent on staff to tell you what the hell you're voting about because you haven't been there. And it's presented almost by proxy. Um, I remember uh, when I was a real fan of uh, Marco Rubio, mm-hmm. his um, his first speech, that's called, I believe it's called the Layden speech or something, the first senator speech, mm-hmm. gave it to nobody except for Dick Durbin was sitting there representing mm-hmm. the minority at the time. And he gave a fabulous speech about that this story I told you about being a, a Cuban-American or American-Cuban, however you want to say. Nobody was there. And that's just an example. But the truth is, at 100% of the congressional days, you're not there. Right. Nobody's there. Everybody's just talking to one person. Someone, I think there's a parliamentarian or the Senate president there's, maybe documenting. Right. There's some there's some few staff there, so yes. What, do you th- I mean, I know the Congress wouldn't want to sit there every day, but shouldn't we? Shouldn't you guys just be looking at each other and dealing with each other, not just in the State of the Union address, but every day? I, I do believe that we should. And I, I, I don't like the voting by proxy either. Uh, you know, we have we have. Well, I'm members. exaggerating by proxy because you're 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 in D.C. You are going downstairs. No, 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 you, no. you are physically going there. But there but, are there are members that are voting by proxy yes. that are staying home and not coming in to vote yeah, under covid conditions. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, yes. Now, what um, you've got to deal with, uh, Congressman Lou, uh, you know, he was part of the House impeachment uh, team. Um, are you planning to go after him 
straight up with, I mean, straight up on this committee or in Congress? Because he's kind of has something for you. You, you're like on his target list or something. He thinks he's a good politician. He's actually quite a liar. I remember Candace Owens running him, running him through uh, when he tried to lie about her. Uh, is there any particular congressman that you're going to get personal with? I am getting personal with anybody who wants to shred our Constitution, who wants uh, America to be a socialist nation. I am a mother of four boys, and I refuse to send my kids into a socialist nation. You know all about communism. communism. Florida knows more about it than, than most of the United States because well, you guys I took have... a, I took on the school district here in 2013. Good for you. It and was what motivated me to matters. build the station. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, you're, so tonight you're going to have uh, a meeting of a lot of... Uh, deplorables like myself. Yes, Some adorable refo- deplorables. Uh, the adorable deplorables. And uh, Key Biscayne is a place where, quite frankly, we're not uh, we're not the majority conservative anymore. There's a mm. lot of Biden here. Uh, we we did our caravans. We har- you know harass honking horns, bullhorns, and they called us third world because mm-hmm. we have a lot of Latin Americans here. And people were coming out of their houses. And since I own a retail business here, I never saw this side of some of my customers. And I'm in this. You know, I'm in the caravan, but our our caravan is golf carts, not cars, and just flipping us off and the Biden stickers and screaming and yelling at us that we were so rude. We were just, you know, mm-hmm. doing what we're going to do. Uh, are you going to be at CPAC? Because I know that your uh, your chaperone today, uh, Aton. How are you, Aton? I'm doing well, thank you. And you're gonna you're gonna be on. You're going to be at CPAC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I, and you're going to take care of the congresswoman? or I'll, she? I'll do my best. I think she does a pretty good job. Yeah, it's really. She, I forgot that she comes with a holster. She she does. I don't. Will you be able to bring that to CPAC, though? I might be able to get one down there. So, actually, I, I could bring. I can load I, I could totally bring one then because I'll have my, my D.C. firearm that's registered firearm. I, I call it a burner firearm because I had to register it in D.C. You know, so I'm like, I'll let the government know about that one. Okay. Uh, the rest, unfortunately, were lost in a terrible, terrible boating accident. Uh, so, if anybody ever asks. Uh, but <laughs> coming from D.C. to CPAC, I should be able to bring that one and then but is, travel is it, back is to the, D.C. Uh, just fine. I want the audience to understand, is it your right as an elected official in D.C.? or does, I, I, have, I have a concealed carry in mm-hmm, Florida. Does mm-hmm. D.C. recognize Florida's no, concealed carry? No, D- Washington, D.C. does not recognize anybody. anybody. Uh, but I do have a Washington, D.C. concealed carry permit, and that is available to anyone. Uh, it's just it's just hard to get the class, get, to get through it. There's a lot of training that goes through Uh also, oh, that's what makes you the. It's not your elected position. It's the very fact that you did this that you can go into Congress with it. So the the elected uh, official part is how I can carry in the Capitol complex. Right. Um, the the permit allows me to cav- uh, to carry everywhere else in Washington D.C. Now was uh were you like uh, speed uh how would I call it. Uh, it, it was expedited for sure. Expedited, yes, that's the yes. Uh, I have a great friend at uh, Leon Spears, dcconcealedcarry.com. Uh, he's fantastic, and I, I, I'm pretty sure he's he's booking uh, classes all the time to get people their permits. He he wants people to be armed and safe. And in DC, the the crime rate is 158 times higher than the national Unf- average. Unfortunately, the the one term reality that we lived with with Donald Trump. I believe you wanted a national concealed carry at one time. You just ran out of time. There's a, a, a congressman uh, Hudson. He's he's Rich, actually Rich Hudson, yeah yeah yeah. He's he's pushing that. He wants he wants all concealed one concealed carry permit for for every state. Every state recognizes it like a driver's license. So yeah, we'll, we'll I mean, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised that D.C. has a conce- allows concealed carry actually because 
A lot of the uh, North oh yeah, DC versus City Heller. Yeah. The, the, there was a lot of great oh, yeah. court cases that came out of that, and um, actually, oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, they, they probably could have gone a lot further. Um, well, but DC the municipality also had a uh, had a problem. They wanted to shut down uh, just open carry period, and I believe that's that was there's no open carry. There's no open carry. So that was a that was a case about 20 years ago that was inflamed all over town. Now, what happens if they somehow become a state. Is that is that is that an impossibility as far as congressmen are concerned? Because I don't think I think it was supposed to be a fair federal territory from the get-go. Right. It is supposed to be a federal ter- territory. It's uh, the Democrats are trying everything that they can uh, to to leverage uh, to gain more power to leverage it against the people. Uh, so if if that happens, I don't know what else, what you hope believe, there is. You believe all the Democrats are for that? Don't they understand that that Statehood for D.C. could actually inhibit and prevent certain protests, certain manifestations of people. I mean, they could make it very difficult for someone to go to the mall and protest. So on the campaign trail, you you have reasonable Democrats. Uh, when you get them into the House to take a vote, they, they stick be. together. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't believe any Democrats when they're saying that they're reasonable, they work with Republicans, this and that. Even after uh, the events that have transpired this year, I've heard of Democrats calling Republicans and saying, hey— I know you've been signed on to my legislation for a few terms now. Uh, I want your name off my legislation now. I'm not working with you. Uh, so I, I, I just don't think that there's reasonable Democrats right now. And if they are, then they're in the wrong party. They need, they need to come over because they're, they're, the Democrat Party has been hijacked by crazy leftist progressives. Well, if you come from my school of thought, uh, they've been like that since the 60s. They're just making themselves obvious today. They're just not hiding uh, it anymore. Yeah. Um, I associate a lot of what happened in election 2020 with what happened before I was born in 1960. I believe the John F. Kennedy administration is as beautiful as it looked. It really was disastrous for communism and they just mm-hmm. parked themselves 90 miles away yeah. from here. And then we went out 5,000 miles of fighting in Vietnam when it was right nine degrees. Mm-hmm. And only South Florida seems to understand that. Uh, and I believe that the the manifest destiny of this country, as much as we loved it for its romantic value here in South Florida, we believe it was delayed since then. Mm. Because of the 25 million, maybe 30 million illegals across the border, because Cuba destabilized all of Latin America for the last 60 years. Mm. And we can't seem to get that macro thought across the United States. And it's very hard, no matter how much we promised the Republicans Florida, and we did up until the second term of Bill Clinton. Man, we used to control this just here in Dade, in Dade County because you couldn't win the Electoral College if you didn't win in Dade. Right. Now it's I 4 corridor just as much. That's full of Puerto Ricans. Uh, you might want to clarify. That's the uh, that goes from Tampa to uh, Daytona Beach. That was for you to clarify, man. Was... Well, I'm here. You're the, you're, you're the. I've, I've you're here I for. Oh, that's true. You're from. That's right. You're from my four. That's right. Daytona Beach, New Smyrna Beach. Those oh, yeah. are my stomping grounds. Right. Well, that corridor is really that area used to be all red, and it's transformed mm-hmm. over the last few years. A um, huge Puerto Rican population is in Orlando, which is. It's a mixed population in terms of their vote, but it's largely Democrat. Mm. And, uh, you know, the Democrats are very good at co-opting newcomers who don't know what's at risk. And I'm an immigrant, so I appreciate everything this country has to offer. Your family, Manny, are Yes, absolutely. Yes. uh, Uh, Some of the staunchest, really, uh, supporters uh, of the Constitution. The freshest person to mind is what I said earlier, you know, Maximo Alvarez. Uh, That gentleman came as uh, an adolescent. Today, he owns Sunshine Gasoline, 360 gas stations, a, a wholesale distributorship, and he smells communism I know. farther away than I do. I'll you never know. forget 
I'll never forget the line that he gave it said at the, at the uh, convention. convention when he spoke and he said and he said it another time as well it, it might have been another uh, round table with the president but he said if I had to give up everything but one tenth of what I, one tenth of one percent of what I have to retain my freedom in this country I would give yes. it up and that that yes. kind of says it all yes. you say that and it's it's game over. We just yeah. need more people to feel that way. And the, the, I, I'm assuming that speech was the one in Doral when he came to Doral. Right. Yeah. And he just knocked the socks and, and out of all. It, he said it very emotionally power. I mean, if you heard that speech, you heard that comment, you could not be anything but moved tremendously. And it was in a and it was in a, a squared off table setting, hmm. like a meeting table of about maybe 15 like, feet, yeah, like a U-shaped table. Yeah. yeah. And therefore, it was even more impactful because it was in front of a large audience. We don't know who heard it, but we heard it. Yes. And he sounded very much like my father. My father's a similar story. My father's now passed away, but my father served in the Reagan administration and, uh, you know, Cuban refugee, uh, tore out the backseat of a car, filled it with fruits and vegetables until he was the third largest in the state county. You know, American dream by 50, you know, lived in this beautiful island that we have. Of course, this was Nixon's Winter White House back in the 70s. So we had that going on as well. We moved here in 75. And then this building that we're in today uh, was built by him in 2000 with the help of his black chief dad, a son, you know. But we were also, check out how great America is. This is really cool. And it's, you know, it's a high, it's uh, something to embrace. And, I, I, you know, I really wish it would be told again. Well, we lost, our family was known, um, not my direct line, but my grandfather's brother was known as NBC Radio Havana. And we were bringing TV to, uh, to, to Cuba in 1956, and we were already radio from 33 to 56, so we brought in an, an American, uh, an, a Cuban advertiser who had American clients, you know, in other words, Ford, Palmolive, Tide, you know, you can name it. And Castro takes it away in, in, in mm. two years after building the television studio, mm -hmm. which with the antenna and yeah. everything. But guess what happens 60 years later? Blink Radio 945, the family's back, only in America, you know? Redemption. So, is there anything that in our closing statements today, uh, what is it we're going to really find you the most, we're going to be most fond of? What are you really going to champion? I already know the, uh, you know, your natural resources in Colorado, yes. defend your state. Yes. Uh, are you going to embrace maybe the reinsurgence of the Tea Party or is there going to be, uh, do you think that Trump will create something that we follow him, like the Patriot Party or something similar within the Republican Party? Because I really... I've been a Republican my whole life, so I'm not really interested in splitting our no, party. No, no. We've got to stay together somehow. Yes. We're not splitting. You and, think and, and, Trump and, will say something in CPAC that's going to define where he's heading? President Trump isn't going to create something. It, we're already in this movement. We're already in this together. And we are patriots in this movement in the Republican Party. And so I, I am excited to see what uh, the president will say uh, at CPAC. But I, I just spoke with him last night, and you know he, he seems like he's got it all under control. Steady Eddie. Steady and 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 full of joy. So I, I think that was the, the one thing that I took away from them last night. I know you asked me about me, but I, I, I want to talk about him for just a second. Sure, take uh, your time. So I, they, he's sitting at the table with Melania, and it's incredible where they sit. They sit at the first table where everyone passes by, so everyone has an opportunity to speak with them. He's not hiding in the corner. He's not saying, don't bother me. He's not saying, I don't have time for you. He loves people. He didn't have to do this. He didn't have to do what he did. He doesn't have to stay, continue to do this. And, and he loves America. 
he's a family man. He's a businessman. And and that's why we, we were drawn to him. Uh, those of us who felt left behind by the uh, Republican Party. The only Party. people drawn to him were we the people. Yes, we the people, yes. And, uh, you know, and just talking to him, I've always looked at Melania and just thought elegance and grace, and she's just so stunning. But I think last night was the first time I saw true joy. I've, I've had the privilege of meeting her in person before, and I'm just always— uh, so amazed by her presence and, and really just captured by her presence. But I saw joy last night, and it, it just makes me feel like they have it under control. And uh, I believe that we'll see President Trump win a third election. Whoa, you heard it here on Blink Radio, Kiva's Kane. Hint, hint, hint. Hint, hint, hint. Yes. Oh. Man of the people. There never was one like him. Mm-hmm. I, he exceeded Reagan. He definitely did because Reagan had the eloquence, but he didn't have the uh, the reality of the Congress. And here we had a fight yeah. because he had some majorities. Reagan never had a majority. People don't even realize that in his eight years, Reagan never passed a budget, not one, hmm. not one. They were all reconciled by the Democrats and just accept whatever they're going to give you, yeah. and then you sign whatever. Those reconciliations you can get. are terrible. I'm on the budget committee, and we just had a oh, 1.9 oh, trillion. Goodness, well, it didn't even it didn't, it didn't even come through the committee. We, we, tomorrow is our first hearing. First organizational meeting. Unbelievable. And what do you think the, the what do you think the the tenure is going to be in there? You guys going to be staring down each other or uh, I, ripping into each other or I, just common demeanor? Oh no or? no no no! I'm I'm putting up a fight. This will be a feisty committee. Uh, anywhere I am, it's going to be feisty. I am not going to allow the Democrat Party to just just take apart our tear apart our country. Yeah, yeah they're they're not going to railroad us exactly. They're not going to steamroll over us, and I, I'm not going to let this be easy for them. I, I'm studying the rules. And I'm going to make this as painful <laughs> as possible. Who are some of our, who are some of our uh, your best allies on our side of the aisle with in that committee? In the, in the budget committee, yeah. so we have Byron Donalds. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Florida. Uh, Nineteen from uh, yes. Naples, Fort Myers. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm learning. I'm learning. Okay. African American, very great, great life story. That's a whole other conversation. We'll bring, we should bring him in here sometime. Uh, Byron would be great. Yeah. And then the, the the ranking member on that committee is Jason Smith from okay. Missouri. I, I love Jason. Uh, he, he's, he's been an ally. First, first timer or he's oh, been Oh, no, there? no. He's no, been no. there. He's been there. Jason's a great guy. Yeah. So he knows and, the ropes. Mem- yes, yes. And and he made a, a strong push for me to be on the budget committee with him. So he wanted someone who could carry on the message and uh, and, and give voice to what's taking place. You know, one of the things that frustrates me is uh, is the the programs that are unauthorized, that we're spending millions and billions of dollars on. These unauthorized programs, they go unauthorized for decades. If Congress doesn't have the time to reevaluate these to, to see if it's worth authorizing or not reauthorizing. I, we shouldn't be paying that. And we shouldn't be authorizing new programs if we have all these other ones that are expired and we're still paying. So, I mean, that, that's just something that, that gets under yeah, my skin. Amer- America is definitely intoxicated by the fact that they print their money that yes, the yes. world deals in. Yes. I mean, the fact that we're the reserve currency has us behaving this way. Because right. government's way out of control. I mean, yes. come on. And what I don't understand about having so many congressional days is that the more days you have, the more laws will be passed. And therefore, the more people you will have to hire to kind of enforce the laws you just passed. And that's that libertarian side of me. Why can't we have, here's a big magic question, it's also in my book, a legislative year of appeal. Every seven years, you can't pass a law in the seventh year. You have to only repeal law for the whole. It sounds like a whole congressional session. Could it happen? 
It, it won't. Uh, <laughs> so you won't propose but, it. I want well, you to sponsor the bill. Well, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I, at first I was really frustrated at uh, Speaker Pelosi just cutting our, slashing our schedule. I'm like, when are we going to go to work? When are we? And I started thinking about it. I said, you know. She doesn't more, want you to work. <laughs> well, no, but the more we're there. The more awful legislation gets passed. So I'm kind of fine with her slashing it. And then besides that, I mean, Joe Biden's found the box of pens. So, I mean, I guess we're good. No, right? he didn't. I saw him on the internet <laughs> was, going he, like yeah, this. He couldn't find it. He couldn't find it. He couldn't yes. find his pen and he yeah. reached in his pocket. Yeah, there's a whole box it... <laughs> in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So okay. uh, how about how, what's your closing statement? Oh, gosh. I, I, God bless America. Uh, you know, our, our country is worth fighting for. And I just encourage everyone to get involved. If you're involved, stay involved. Stay engaged. Know what's going on around you. Get involved locally. Call your uh, call your representatives. Call your senators. Those phone calls matter. Uh, it matters to the staff. The staff hear them, and, and they, they commute, uh, communicate those with their bosses. Um, so, so be sure you're Letting your voice be heard. The people's voice needs to be heard more than anything. Um, get behind good candidates. Uh, I, I know I need help uh, all across the nation. Laurenforfreedom.com. And, uh, That's so- a good question. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Website, phone numbers, everything. Let everybody know how they can reach you because we're in all, all in for you. Yes. I mean, uh, you're the John Wayne of the Congress. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> Bobert.house.gov. B-O-E-B-E-R-T. Dot house, dot gov. Yeah, that's my official website. It's radio. Yeah. you got to do it and twice. What, and then what? Bobert. B-O-E-R. Sorry. B-O-E-B-E-R-T. Dot house. Dot gov. And then your uh, campaign or an official address. And then my campaign uh, website is laurenforfreedom.com. F-O-R. Laurenforfreedom.com. And, uh, you know, so so get behind people and, and don't be afraid to let your voice be heard. Um, I think that that's something that's really important right now. So many people just feel like they're, they're they're not represented and their voice doesn't matter, but it absolutely does. So don't stop. Don't back down. And don't forget to follow Lauren on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Big? Yes. Still, still active on Twitter? <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of wish they would just get rid of me. To take a... <laughs> keep it, keep no, I've, I've lost. I, I've probably lost two hundred thousand followers. It's it's ridiculous. How many did the you purge. Have your peak? How many did you have at the peak? Uh, well, I I'm still steady gaining. I think I'm just gaining trolls. Um, but we're we've we've almost reached six hundred thousand a few oh, times. Amazing. And then amazing. still losing that many. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can do what I did. You know, lose your freedom of speech for one square mile in 2013 and buy it back for 10 here in Blink Radio. <laughs> oh, uh, look at that face. What do you think? Is that is that, is that, is that, a, like is that the face of a chaperone or what? I'm not on the camera, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Especially when you have an opportunity to have Lauren Boebert on the camera. It's much better. Absolutely. This is a highlight the, for Blink Radio. So thank you very much for coming. Thank you. I would love to uh, uh, join you later today. And uh, you're listening to The Concrete Conservative. It's now almost almost uh, 7.45 or it's a little bit later. You know, I've got to watch that. You know, it might be a little bit slow. But you're, you're, you're fantastic. your fantastic leadership qualities are, are showing through. I can't thank you enough. So God bless you. Thank you so much. Yes, and, and truly, God bless America. He's not done with us yet. Absolutely. So you heard it here, man. There's a hint. There's something coming here on WSQF Blink Radio.